So we want to talk about some actionable tips on like, okay, because I mean, this is a podcast of being a person of action. If you have something that you can implement today, right now, that is already being a person of action. So we want to give you some things that you can actually start today to help you on this path. And like right off the bat, I want you to applaud yourself if you try any of these because you just took action. You just became a person of action. So actionable tips that I really love. First of all, this is going to sound like a weird one. The big question is this. In a world of fake Instagram models and fad diets, how do real people achieve their fitness goals? We are an army of hardworking women, changing their lives through fitness and health. Wherever you are at on your journey, we have the answers to how to make working out and eating well a part of your life. Join us in changing the dialogue for women everywhere. Welcome to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. Hi guys, welcome back to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kelsey. And welcome. <laughs> Are you frozen? <laughs> was it a real life from Well, I was because I was gonna say my thing. I was gonna open up about my my life with a three year old, and then I was like, you know how like you lose all social skills when you <laughs> just hang out with a three year old all day. So I was like, I was just gonna start talking about it, and then I was like, oh yeah, normal people usually have a lead in, and then I was like, what's that lead in? That I broke? <laughs> because I have no social skills. You just broke. <laughs> I almost started tapping the screen. My oh, mouth was open and everything. Yeah. So I was literally <laughs> frozen. Yes, normal people like have like a teaser or like a lead in to their to, they don't just start talking about like so I gotta tell you about like my three year old. So anyway, you know what though? I think that this is a common thing that's happening when you hang out with when we're not socialized anymore. <laughs> I've lost all my skills. And I had very I, few. Yes. I started doing like another thing where like (laughs) Blake was like, did your brain just malfunction? Like I started in two different conversations, dropped out of the middle one and then picked up in the third. Yeah, do what I want. (laughs) And it was like, whoa, that had nothing to do with. Or like I just started the other day repeating. I was like on repeat. You know how you just froze? Mine was like a track record that like kept going. I was like, you know about the thing? You know about the thing? You know about the thing? Because I couldn't think of what the thing was. So I just started filling it with the repeat. I uh, I feel it's a skill you need to hone and practice, and uh, it's a muscle you have to flex. And I am in atrophy, social oh. atrophy. So, anyways, I'm going right into my three year old story because I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care about transitions. Here's the deal, guys. I've been in quarantine with a three year old for like four months now. Here's the thing that I've realized about toddlers: it is like being with a perpetually drunk best friend that you're like <laughs> constantly trying to be like, if you do that, you're going to hurt yourself. They're <laughs> always trying to hurt themselves and they always need everything explained to them in like the like slowest way possible. So in my realization that my son is actually my drunk best friend, 
I have been trying to explain to him about bathing suits. So the weather's getting warmer. We're going to go outside. We're going to do water stuff. And we live in a cold climate, so it's not like we haven't had a lot of practice with bathing suits. Like we put on his bathing suit and he goes in the sprinkler and he gets wet. And then he comes out and goes, okay, I need to change my bathing suit into another bathing suit. I'm like, dude, (laughs) the whole point of the bathing suit is it can get wet. It's like not like regular clothes. And he's like, huh? You know, like the drunk friend, like what? (laughs) You're like, no, it's okay. Bathing suits can get wet. No, I need a new bathing suit. So I have this like rotating thing of like I have four bathing suits where like he'll go outside, he'll run the sprinkle once, we'll change the bathing suit. Then he'll run no. the sprinkle again, we'll change the bathing I'm telling you, he'll throw a full-scale tantrum. I'm wet, mama. How could you let me be wet? I'm cold, uncomfortable. I'm like, this guy. The guilt trips with three-year-olds are just – they're worse than like – a mother-in-law's guilt trips. <laughs> so now what I have what I have gone to, and this is like I, I will just be straight up and honest. I'm, I don't want to change into four bathing suits every single time he runs through the sprinkler. So now he has resorted. He, he can deal with the fact that if you're naked, you can get wet. Yeah. <laughs> so now he has been running in the front yard. <laughs> Balls out. Everything's showing. He's completely nude because I'm not going to change for – I'm not. it's ridiculous. So I'm like, all right, then just go naked. And he accepts the fact that you can get wet while naked. So that's where we're at. My drunk best friend is running naked. <laughs> that's where we're at. Just let her go. I don't know. I, sometimes you just have to let the drunk best friend do what they do. I don't know. I just – I'm tired of explaining it. Oh, let it ride. All right. Today, what are we talking about? We're talking about becoming a person of action on today's podcast. And I'm really excited about this one. I know I you think are. This is a passion for you. Yeah, it is. Because I think that there's so much that goes into this and there's so much that is stopping people from living their very best life. And this doesn't just apply to fitness. This applies to your life, living your very best life. And being a person of action is a key contributor. I would say probably the main contributor to being able to do that, to being able to like chase your dreams, live your life and actually go after it and not just talk about it. I heard this phrase. Yeah. Not just talk about it. I heard this phrase like the best dreams are all in the graveyard. And it, that just, that made me like, when I first heard that, it made me really sad because you just think about all of the people who have these amazing thoughts or ideas to contribute to the world and they never, they never got to it and we never got to experience it. So I'm a selfishly, I want you to become a person of action listening to this podcast because I want to benefit from all of your amazing ideas and your contributions to this world that won't go to the graveyard because you listen to this podcast. (laughs) Imagine that kind of world. I mean, that's an incredible world to think about living in. And I just want to challenge everybody just right at the outset of this because one of the main things that goes along with being a person of action is like this mindset of I am a person of action or I am a procrastinator. And basically you can do this with anything in your life. You can it's it's the I am experiment, right? The two most powerful words in the human language. This is uh one of my favorite motivational speakers, James Quick. He says this, 
this is the two most powerful words in the English language, I am, and then whatever comes after that. Because essentially, you are what you believe you are. And if you say, I am a procrastinator, I'm not a person of action, I'm someone who doesn't follow through with things, then that is what you are. And so I just want to challenge people if, because of course this came in your mind right first thing when we said talking about like, okay, we're going to talk about being a person of action. Like right in your mind, you made a judgment of yourself right off the bat. I am that or I'm not that. And what I would challenge you to do is to use that mindset and that power to direct your life. So if you thought for a second I'm not a person of action. I really need this podcast. I never follow through with things. Understand that that is a very powerful statement that you just made about yourself. And it's also a very changeable statement. Yes. I love, I love that you added it's a very changeable statement because that is 100% true. So even if those thoughts came into your mind at the beginning of this podcast, we're going to come up with some actionable steps and ways that we can adjust that mindset a little bit or 180, whatever, 360, we can adjust it. And it really doesn't start with anything other than you, right? Like you are the most powerful driver in your life. And this is all going to start with you and how we can change that. So I want to get into it because we have a lot that we are going to cover here. And some of it, you're going to be like, yeah, yeah, of course. And some of you are going to be like, oh, Okay, I could use that. But it really starts with our mindset and our language from a practical sense. If you think when you start something, and I know this is for a lot of people who are kind of perfectionists and want things right in their line before they start something, this can be so paralyzing for you. And I just want to sympathize with that because you want things to be so perfect that it stops you from actually doing them. And that's the worst, right? Like that's, that's the worst because you have all the intentions there. So if you start something and your first thought is, I don't think I'm ready. And you follow it up with blah, blah, blah. All the reasons why you don't think you're ready. What you're doing right then and there is talking yourself out of the thing that you want to do. Now, from a, from a personal side of this, this has been, this has been life changing for me. There were many things that I thought I was not ready or not good enough to do. And I would follow it up with all the reasons why. For example, the first time I thought about qualifying for Wadapalooza, I said to myself, I'm, I'm not ready yet. I'm going to put it off another year. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. And I followed it up with all of the reasons why, true or not, I followed it up with all of the reasons why I couldn't do it. I can't get in the ocean. We know there's going to be a swim event. I'm not going to be able to get in. It was all the reasons why I couldn't do it instead of listing the reasons that I could. So instead of immediately going to all the reasons why you don't think you're ready to do something, stop right there and list one that you are ready to do. So maybe you're not ready to run a marathon or a 5k yet. You're saying like, I want to be a runner, but I'm not ready. And your next thought is, but I'm not ready to run like a 5k. Are you ready? What are you ready to do? Are you ready to go for a walk? Are you ready to go for a little jog to the end of the street? What are you ready right now today to do? 
I love that. And I just think that, again, it's a mindset thing and it's a shift that happens. And this is a practice skill, right? Because if you have been sort of allowing yourself to have an idea and then go right into all of the reasons why you can't complete that or why that idea is stupid or why all of these things, that is a muscle that's really, really developed. You flexed it a lot and it's a go-to. So to change that is going to take some work and you're going to have to do some work on another muscle group. And I, I ha we have an actionable tip later in the episode for how you can start working that new muscle. But really, when you think I'll believe it when I see it. Just remember that you'll see it when you believe it. And it really does start in that mindset of what you're ready to do right now is something that you can physically see the results of. And it's, it's a now. Exactly. And like we, and we can think of something you are ready to do right now. Like you can, if you're sitting there and you're like, I'm not ready to go for that little run, but I could, I could get up right now. I could get up and walk to the end of my street or to have a little jog to the end of the street. And that is changing. It's, it seems like a little thing. Cause you're like, well, of course I could do that. Well then do it because now you've started a step in the right direction of becoming a person of action. You've started to do the thing, not like, well, yeah, I could do it, so I'm thinking about it. No, 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 get up and go do it. What are you ready to do? That's what I want you to focus on. The next one is that it's not, not all or nothing. <laughs> and we've talked about this in several other senses, and, and this goes into every aspect of your life. It's not an all or nothing. We wanna focus on improvement, and not just like having to just be, get to the end of the staircase, right? Like you're looking at a staircase and you're just taking that first step. It's not all or nothing. It's not, well, I have to run a marathon, so I'm not able to do that. So I'm not able to run. No, no, no. There's plenty of things that you're able to do and that we can immediately reframe what you are going to do in a positive mindset instead of everything that you can't. Well, I think that this goes back to what we opened up with about perfectionism and how it can be incredibly paralyzing when it comes to taking steps forward. And I think that, first of all, I, I personally struggle with this. And when you look at my Enneagram, you can see why. But one of the things that I have found extremely effective is surrounding myself with people who don't. So like my husband is like his mantra for me and yeah. you is yeah. ready, fire, aim because – and he accuses me of this all the time. I'm ready, aim, aim, aim. Yeah. And I won't stop aiming to the point where I'll never fire. And that is holding me back from so many things things that I could be accomplishing because I'm so dead set on the fact that it has to be perfect instead of focusing on the improvements that I'm making to get there. Because really, practice equals progress. It's not progress equals perfection. That's never going to be you're, – you're striving for something that's impossible. So ready, aim, fire is always – going to lead me, I know, into aiming forever. So if I ready aim fire aim, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I ready fire aim, I will do the thing. It will not be perfect, but I will do the thing. And the next time I go to do that thing, it will be better 
than the time before. And I I have tried really to seek solace in this because it's hard and it sort of goes against my natural inclinations. But the more that I do it, the more I see success really is not linear. And the way to success is to ready, fire, aim. Yeah. I think that we talked about this one time too and even just discussing this podcast about how Rachel and I were going to hold on to this forever until it was perfect if we weren't pushed. (laughs) We didn't give the little push. And I don't know if that was one of our tips is to like surround yourself with people who remind you to ready, fire, aim if you're a perfectionist and if you're just going to hold on to it until it's perfect, which is never. In your eyes, never. Like it's it's just never going to be perfect. I know like I will write things and just look at them forever and just be like, I have to give this to someone else who is going to just like give it a push because I'm not going, it's never going to be perfect to me. It's like, it's never going to be the ideal circumstance. Like it's never going to be a perfect thing. So I think that that like part of the mantra will help a lot of people who are get frozen in their, in their perfectionism and um, stop moving along there. Absolutely. Yeah, I I like this next one because it's along the same lines of people who sort of get stuck. And this is sort of for someone who's like a worst case scenario kind of person. Like their mind automatically shifts to like when they have an idea, like, well, the worst case that could happen is like, I could say I want to start training for a marathon and I could fail and never make it to the marathon and I would be so disappointed. Like they automatically go to like the negative. And that is fine because that is definitely um, something that we're all working on, right? And, and if, if you're that kind of person right now, it's okay. That muscle is very flexed. We can actually flex other muscles that will counteract that. But the yes, I'll figure it out mentality is really something that I think can help you along this road. Just repeating. When you have a task in front of you, it's so easy to list all the reasons why you can't. Everything standing in your way all of these obstacles. But ultimately, if you instead started with the phrase, well, I'll figure it out, and then worked from there, it can shift the whole experience from an impossibility to a possibility. And that, I think, helps people to really um, be more actionable because they're, when those barriers kind of come down and you say like, okay, they're there, I recognize them, but I'm going to figure it out. I think there's a certain level of empowerment there too in believing that you're saying in that phrase of believing in you and yourself, I will figure it out. Like when I say that to myself, I'm like, you will, Kelsey, you always have like, and the more you do it, the stronger you are in that feeling with it. Because sometimes it's like a fake it till you make it kind of thing, right? When When you first let, yes, I'll figure it out, exit your mouth, it's a little shaky. It's like, I'll figure it out. It may end with a question mark. (laughs) But I know like for me in a professional sense, this has been a game changer for me in myself and my intelligence and my like, and when I say intelligence, it's because 
sometimes I have a lot of doubts sometimes when it's when it comes to something actionable that I'm going to do in my professional career. I remember the first time that I was going to do individual therapy with someone who was potentially suicidal. I said I literally like couldn't get in the room and I was like, why would anyone trust me with talking this through to, you know, making decisions with this person or for them. Like, are they going to be sectioned? Are they not? And I just sat there and I was like, who's trusting me with this? (laughs) I didn't feel equipped. And the truth is I was just as equipped as anyone else. And I needed to, to have that. Yes, you're going to figure it out. And that felt like such a heavy task, but it was just the first one along the, along a string of decisions that have led to, you know, being here today and being able to like confidently say, yes, I'll figure it out. When you feel like you don't have the tools or the capabilities or whatever it is that you feel like you should have behind you that you don't, and you're kind of picking that apart, but you'll figure it out. And for me, I'm like, I know I will. The the yes, I'll figure it out is sort of like a snowball effect. And we use this analogy a lot, but it, the reason why it's used a lot is because it's an effective analogy. The mm. more you say, yes, I'll figure it out, it like builds on itself. And the more you say it, the more you actually believe in your ability to figure out things. And then the more you are able to actually figure out things. So like it all builds on itself. And it's like when we talk about like doing hard things in a workout because you want to practice that skill for being able to do hard things in your life. It's the same exact thing. Saying yes, I'll figure it out to these small tasks make you equipped and comfortable and confident to be able to say yes, I'll figure it out when it's something really, really big and something that would crush most people. It's a practiced skill and it snowballs on itself and it it transcends to everything in your life. And I think that that is a really important thing when we say like, well, these things are sort of inconsequential. Like, yeah, but practicing on the inconsequential things prepares you to take action. 100%. How many times do you go up to a bar for the first time and you're like, I don't know if I can lift this. I don't know. And then you're like, I'm going to try. I'm going to figure it out. Like you you don't always walk up and you're like, I I can do a muscle up. No. <laughs> you don't know, but I'm going to figure it out and I'm going I'm going to put in the work to get there. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to figure it out and it just happens. It takes work. But the the idea is that you're going to take those first steps to get there and you're going to have the confidence that that is the thing that you want and you're going to go after it whether you you're sure you can get it or not. Like you're going to practice on those small things and say like, "Well, I'm going to approach that bar with some confidence and I'm going to figure it out and eventually I'm going to be able to lift it. I love that. So the next one is, I don't know if you do this too, but I rarely form sentences in the negative. I, I always try to like form a sentence in the way that it comes out positive, but I really actually think that this is so powerful that it needs to be said this way. You need to stop waiting for the ideal conditions. The ideal condition, again, like perfectionism, this is something that does not exist It is something you've created in your mind that when the stars align, when this thing happens, this will make it easier for me. Stop doing that immediately today. There is no such thing as the ideal conditions. Think about this. 
Now, if you've ever start, wanted to start something and said, I think Monday, Monday yeah. is going to yeah. be the best day to do this. Mondays, I feel more productive. I have more energy on Mondays. Mondays feel like a start to me. All of these things are like a way to say, I'm going to put that off and do it when the conditions are better. And that is a like a track for inaction. That's what it is. It's for, like for waiting to live your best life. It's so <laughs> detrimental to living your best life that it, I can't even say it enough. It's like the most important thing, in my opinion, that you can do to start becoming a person of action is to stop waiting for ideal conditions and to recognize that they don't exist. Whatever you want to do, the best time for it is right now. It Saying, I have more energy on Mondays you just made that into a real life scenario. You just created that reality. If yeah. you say, I have more energy right now, then you have more energy right now. You have the things you say you have. So if you say like, well, I'm better on Mondays, then of course you're going to be better on Monday because that's what you've said. You've, you've created that reality. But in fact, if we stop waiting for anything and just say now is the time, it is such a shift in your life. I'm telling you, it's like, it's, there's nothing more powerful than saying right now is the time I'm going to do this. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think right along those lines is when we start to talk about motivation, which kind of leads into this next one, like ideas, talk, and wishful thinking don't bring success. I hear so many of us stopping and waiting and looking for motivation don't count on inspiration to come from anywhere else but within you. <laughs> so I know that's hard to hear sometimes, but going to your favorite Instagram influencer or whoever else to gain their inspiration and get motivation, no, 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 no. It really, lasting, it only comes from you. It's within you. It's been proven like time and time again that if you're waiting for this motivation, to come to you, you're going to be waiting a long freaking time. And then when it leaves, you're not going to know what to do. And that's what I really don't want because sometimes you find it, you're like, I'm on it. I got my motivation and now it's gone. Motivation is fleeting. I've always said this. Motivation is absolutely fleeting. It does not last. Your habits always last. And what you can always count on yourself is not waiting for the motivation, just getting up and going to do the thing. It may not be your best workout. It may not be your best conversation. Sometimes you you want to have a conversation with someone. You work up the guts, right? You're like, I'm going to practice it over and over in my head. Maybe I'm going to write some things down. And you never actually just have the conversation with the person. These are all along the same things. You just got to get up, not wait for motivation, and get started. The first word, right? Like the first step, just one of the first things that you can do and not count on that. I don't even want to hear that. I'm waiting for motivation. No. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I saw this, this really interesting thing when I was doing some research on the brain for um, this episode is that like the parts in the brain that light up when people um, – declare themselves inspired, right? Like when they like when they self-proclaim like inspiration or motivation, the parts that light up in the brain, the thing about that is is that they light up the most when you've actually started the task. 
It's like it's we're in opposite land when we're waiting for inspiration to happen simult like not simultaneously. What's that word when it happens? Like before you, we are waiting for it before you. No, start. and it happens like on the on a whim. Like nothing was happening, and it just like all of a sudden, boom! Like bibbity bobbity boo! Like inspiration. <laughs> like in actuality, that's not how your brain works. Like on a scientific level, your brain responds to what you are doing. So like when you go and start a workout, that's when the motivation parts of your brain light up the fiercest is when you're already doing it, which, so it's so weird because like you think that you're going to sit back and do your best once it happens. But in the, in the reality is that if you just got up and started, then the motivation would come. It would come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what triggers your brain. But it wouldn't brain. come if you didn't get up. <laughs> so it's funny because it's like opposite land. So, but like my best advice when this comes to like working out is like just get up and start and all of a sudden, how many times has this happened? You yeah. absolutely had no motivation for a workout whatsoever, but you just got up and did it. And then at the end, you're like, wow, that was one of the best workouts I've had in a while. The inspiration and motivation comes from completing the task. And I want to I want to add to that too. There's just one thing that like came to my mind. I've gone into the gym sometimes and been like, I'm not, I don't have it today. I've started the story of I don't have it today. So I'm just going to do this first part of my programming and then I'm going to leave because I just don't have it. And then you start the first part and you're like, I'll just get the second I'm already one. Because <laughs> I already have my shoes on. So <laughs> these leggings are really cute. And I already did the warm up. I might as well just do the strength. Then I'm leaving. Yeah. Then I'm leaving. Then I'm leaving. Then I'm leaving. <laughs> but the the thing is sometimes you have to trick yourself into, okay, well, I'm just gonna do this one little part. And that's me. Like I have my habits are in place. And I'm telling you, every single person struggles with this at one point or another and tries to find, you know, the the little tricks and little things that they have. And I just sometimes I'm like, if it's raining, especially Kelsey, get up. Just get up and just go over there and just a little bit. Just give a little bit and see what see what happens. Right. And like that's that just it makes so much more sense when you're like, okay, then then your brain is inspired. Then it's lighting up and you're ready to go. And that's that's why it's happening. So we want to talk about some actionable tips on like, okay, because I mean, this is a podcast of being a person of action. If you have yeah. something that you can implement today, right now, that is already being a person of action. So we want to give you some things that you can actually start today to help you on this path. And like right off the bat, I want you to applaud yourself if you try any of these because you just took action. You just became a person of action. So actionable tips that I really love. First of all, this is going to sound like a weird one. But the start of your day is so incredibly important to how the rest of the day goes. And I, I cannot hit this home enough. Every expert agrees. If you want to live your best life and be a person of action, you need to not check your phone first thing upon waking up. I know this sounds like a weird thing. Like, what's the matter? I get it. I just real quick. I'm just checking my emails real quick and then I'm getting started on the day. Okay, here's the thing. First of all, when you win the first hour of your day, you win the day. And that's from a motivational speaker that I love is Jim Quick, but he ha he does a lot on the brain and how it functions. And 
I sent this video to you, Kelsey. I don't know if you ever got to watch it. I sent it to you and Mark because I, I loved it so much on why you don't wake up and the first thing you do is look at your phone. So the mindless and Mark are really bad at that. <laughs> I know you guys are the worst. I like yeah. I you guys like me and Mark will start talking 6 30, 7 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, God, we just did it. <laughs> I know what you're both doing, but here's the problem with mindlessly scrolling or answering emails or answering text messages first thing upon waking up. First of all, you're training your brain to be distracted. So like Instead of waking up and like creating your purpose for the day and thinking of the things you're going to do for the day, you're creating a distraction, mindlessly scrolling through Facebook, looking at your Instagram feed, looking at the text messages you missed over the night. That's all distractions from your day. All of it doesn't have to do with your intentions for the day. And if you train yourself to be easily distracted, you're going to be easily distracted. So when you set a goal, it's going to be easy to throw you off track. You're going to easily be distracted. There's a butterfly. I forgot my goal because you've trained this muscle. And I know this seems like a weird, stupid thing, but in fact, all the weird, stupid things that you do in the day all add up to the person that you are. And if you wake up and look at your phone and distract yourself immediately, first thing in your day, the rest of your day is going to be easily distracted. And that is a really important thing. The second reason why you should not look at your phone first thing is because it trains you to be reactive. Now, when you wake up, you're in a relaxed state of awareness. It's called like an alpha, no, it's called a beta brain, I think. It's an impressionable brain. It's extremely impressionable because you're like, you're just waking up. You ever notice how like dream experts say like when you first wake up, you have to like say your dream because that's when like your brain is the most impressionable to remember it. Whereas if you wait till later in the day, it'll be gone. Your brain is very, very impressionable. It learns a lot when you're in this relaxed state of reactiveness. And if the first thing you do is open up your Facebook and see political news that upsets you or an email from someone that is sort of passive aggressive. Inevitably, there's going to be something in your scrolling that's going to be upsetting for you. That's setting the tone for your whole day. Even if it's not upsetting to you, it is reactive. You're immediately starting off being reactive. And this is something that I've noticed and more recently put a lot of focus into because if you are a person who wants to create in the world and be a creative mind and create the environment that you want, the life that you want, and you are creating your life every day. I find that I can't consume everyone else's shit to create my own life. I'm less creative. I'm less thinking through things on my own without everyone's opinion. All jumping in there. I'm You're less living their life. Yes. I'm less likely to think and think of what I think about this and what feels good and right and true for me because I'm taking on everyone else's shit. So I really, I put a lot of thought and focus into this when I I took a weekend away and I went to the lake and I said to myself I wasn't going to get, and I I shared this on the live in our Facebook group, that I wasn't going to get into any online fights for the weekend. (laughs) 
was two days. <laughs> Whatever, a win's but, a win. Start small. <laughs> a win's a win. I started small. But something that I did, I'm not a good painter, but I painted this thing because I needed to just like have a thing that I was creating all on my own that was coming from like my thoughts and my values that was just a simple thing. It was, I'm not, I'm no freaking Picasso. It wasn't about being good at it. It was about just getting back into like myself and what I think and what, and what I'm going to create in my life and in this world. So I really think, I really just want to, I know that Rachel said this sounds like a weird thing, but technology has taken over a lot right now. And we're constantly reacting to the things around us instead of creating what we want, the life that we want. Well, when it comes to taking action, if you're constantly being bombarded with all of other people's opinions and being reactive to their world events. And so all these things, like regardless of what you think, that's the state that your brain is in. It is reacting first thing in the morning. It's very impressionable. So I want you to think of it in terms of like, this is a, a great analogy I heard. You can either be a thermostat or a thermometer. Now a thermometer is just reading the environment. It's just reacting to it. It's saying, I'm, I'm taking what's around me and I'm telling the story of what's around me. That's what a thermometer does. A thermostat sets the environment. It sets the tone and then everything around it reacts to it. If you set the temperature to be X, the environment will react to that to you setting that. So I, when we talk about like the phone and the reactiveness, what I mean is that when you first wake up in the morning, you want to make sure that you are a thermostat for the day. You are not taking everybody else's shit on and reacting to that. You are setting the temperature and you're saying, rise to me. This yeah. is the temperature that I have set and my environment will reflect that. And that can really only happen if for the first hour of your day, you keep other people's shit off your plate and yeah. just think about your own intentions for the day. And you can do that by just keeping the phone out. Get up, set your intentions, think about – you don't have to like freaking meditate and shit. I'm just talking about like don't let other people's garbage into your hour, first hour of your day. Just, just into your first hour. Yeah. That, that's it. After that, obviously, we need to look at our phone at some point. We're going to need to work. But that by then, you know, you win the first hour of your day, you win the day. So I love that. Be a thermostat, man. Rise to me. I freaking love that one. All right. Our next one is breaking things down into small tasks. This is a great way to limit procrastination and anxiety surrounding attacks surrounding a task. Just do the warm up. We kind of talked about this one a little bit, just getting there and breaking it down just into the first step and not looking at your whole day's programming, just the first one, just looking at the warm up and getting it done. Our next one, I think we'll just move right into that one is celebrate your own victories. This is particularly hard for women. So I'm going to drill this home that celebrating your own victories is not bragging and it's not, it is bragging, but you know what? Like the negative connotation to bragging needs to go. 
Like <laughs> it's gotta go for women. Like celebrating your own victories is not negative. Every time you do it, like guys, every time you do it, and we see it in our Facebook group all the time, you're also silently giving permission to everyone else around you to do it too. And don't you want them to celebrate their own victories? Don't you want every woman around you to be like, I did this thing and I'm so freaking proud of it. And I don't even need anyone else to cheer for me because I know it's in me. I'm already celebrating. And this is this is just a hard lesson to do for yourself because we live right now in a society where we're constantly looking for feedback from other people to say that we did it right or good enough or that we're allowed. This is a place where you're allowed to celebrate your victories. Where's my likes? Yeah, where's my likes? And it's this this constant that's so true. It's this constant let give me some feedback. Now I need to call this person. I need to get the feedback instead of sitting with it. And going like, I am such a freaking boss. Now, I want to give you a small example of this just real quick because I think when it comes to working out, you can easily do a movement or lift a bar that you didn't think you could and you can sit there and go, I'm such a freaking boss. But you can easily go on the internet and see someone who did twice as much weight and and then it just brings you right back down. For me, I know that I could easily look at any of my friends deadlifts and be like, that girl is like cleaning what I'm deadlifting. That's taking away from my victory. I'm going to sit in my victory because this is mine. doesn't have to do with anyone else. And like, as soon as you start traveling outside of yourself and then in not celebrating or waiting for other people to tell you it's okay to celebrate, you're diminishing your success. I think that this is something that I have personally struggled with so much because I'm on the like I need a cheering squad parade and like when I accomplish something like the first thing I do is like look around like did everybody see that? I, I'm such a person that struggles with extrinsic versus intrinsic rewards. Like I want it extrinsically. I want everybody to notice what I did. I want them to cheer. I want accolades. Is there any trophies? I'll take them. Like I want to be recognized. It's such like a thing that I, I, I've realized about myself as I've grown. And it so takes away from my joy because when I do stuff, and I look around and nobody has noticed inevitably because everyone's living their own life. Like they're not <laughs> looking at what I'm doing, waiting to like start the parade. So of course no one's noticed, right? And then I let that be like sort of womp. Now my thing isn't as good because nobody noticed it. It's not really an accomplishment anymore because there wasn't a parade. The fact is, is that's stealing from my joy and my ability to take action. So instead of um, sort of waiting for the parade, it's re- it's a really tough realization. The parade doesn't exist. The parade doesn't I have exist. to tell myself this on a daily basis when I'm being like a martyr, like I'm doing all these things for all these people. And then at the end of the day, I'm like waiting for all these like, I love you. Thank you so much. Texts you make my whole life better. And they don't come in. <laughs> And I'm like, damn, where's all my taxes? <laughs> I, I have, they must have gotten lost in the, in the <laughs> cyber world. Is my phone on? <laughs> but the fact is, is that once I started this exercise of sitting down at the end of the day and I've said out loud or, or written down or just even thought two things I'm proud of myself about, it's really helped me to stop looking for that parade. 
Like I sat down and go, I'm really proud of myself today that like I freaking accomplished the task of 10 people. I'm really proud of myself today that like my three-year-old didn't like kamikaze and like injure himself despite trying 19,000 times. Like I have to say these things that I'm really proud of these things for myself. And then I've realized less and less I've been, I've not been looking for the parade and it really has made a big difference in my ability to be a person of action. So I would recommend that every single day you say or write down two things that you're super proud about accomplishing today. And it will keep that ball rolling to make you want to accomplish more things. Yeah. And don't, don't be put off if you find that as, as you sit down for your first or second or third or 10th time to be challenging because the only thing that you can, some, one of the things that you can reflect on with that, if that is challenging for you is you're really hard on yourself. So like recognize that if you're sitting down and you're having trouble thinking of something you're proud of yourself for today, recognize that you might be a little hard on yourself because I, I understand that. I'm, man, I'm, I'm a critic. I'm a critic of me more than anything else. And this has been a really important practice to not say, well, I'm proud you did this, but you didn't do all of these other things. That's, that's something that I'll have a tendency to do. I'll like go right to all the things I didn't accomplish instead of just sitting in the things that you did accomplish today and just start by, even if you think they're small, write them down. Then at the end of the week, you can look at the things. Now you've, if you did two a day, you have a list of 14 things that you're proud of and you're like, holy shit, I actually, even if you're a person like, I didn't accomplish enough this week, like you look at your 14 things and you're like, oh damn, I forgot I accomplished that much. So I mean, it's a nice, it's a nice little parade on paper, a paper parade. It's a paper break. So (laughs) the next thing we want to talk about is fears because a lot of the reason or a lot of the things behind inaction is basically fear driven. So, okay. I want to say like, let's take public speaking for an example, because this is something Mm. a lot of people can identify with. You have to make a public speech. Okay. The anticipation of the event is a hundred times worse than when you actually get up there and say the first word. Once you get up on the podium and you start talking, it's like you black out and like everything just happens and like you're done and you're like, whoa, holy shit, I freaking did that. It's actually the anticipation of the event that brings way more anxiety than the event ever could. So this is proven. That's not a, a, an opinion. That's absolutely proven. <laughs> People's anticipation of their feared experience far outweighs anything that actually happens in reality. <laughs> so, yes. like, but this it is causes a real thing. way more anxiety. Yeah, but this is a real thing. People let this fear build, and they and then it's paralyzing, right? So, instead of sort of allowing that fear to take over, if you just take one small piece of action. Once the fear hits, it can really lessen the growth of the fear. So like, for example, you say like, I want to try a yoga class. Okay. The first thing that comes to mind is like, I'm stupid. I'm not flexible. I will embarrass myself. I'll probably toot and (laughs) laugh me out of the class, right? Okay. If you're a person that's mind immediately goes right there. What I would challenge you to do is when you think to yourself, I want to try a yoga class, go to your phone right away and text a friend and say, want to go to yoga with me? 
It's a tiny thing. You don't even have to make a date or time or anything. It's a tiny thing. It's just an action step. And instead of your mind going to all of the anxious fear stuff, it goes to an action step. And it's like, okay, I text somebody. Okay. Okay. It was scary, but I texted somebody. I acted on it. And like, it's like a confidence ball. It just like gets bigger and bigger and bigger because she'll text back and be like, huh, I was thinking that too, but I think I might toot and I'm gonna, I don't want to be laughed out of the class. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I was thinking that too, but if we go together and we both toot, they want to know who it was. <laughs> and then it's like, it's a confidence ball. And often you can use other people to build this, but like when the fear comes in, if you fight it with action, it will help. I promise. I promise. Fight your fear with action. Yes. Yes, 100% because everything that you think can go wrong, all of the the things you build up in your mind, and they only get bigger, right? Like even – so you say you're going to go to a yoga class and and like the weeks come or the days come as it gets closer. The ideas get bigger. You're like, what if I had Mexican the day before? (laughs) It's like it just gets bigger and bigger. Like it can just like take over. And then when you actually do it and realize like it wasn't that big of a deal. And I know a lot of people are like, I know, I know it happens. But the anxiety just builds itself up. But sometimes when you're in the middle of it and you can sit with yourself for a second and realize my anxiety is building this up bigger than it will ever actually be in reality. So (laughs) I'm going to try and curb that a little bit. I'm just going to realize that like there isn't this big, giant, great white shark that is going to come out and eat me. Like there isn't this, these like massive things that you like build up in your head and you're like, that's definitely going to (laughs) happen. Right. Well, when you thought up to yourself about going to Wadapalooza and you immediately went to like, well, there's going to be a swim event. There's sharks. I'll die. I'll get eaten. Uh, it, like that's, that is where your anxiety went to this unbelievable degree. Instead of doing that and letting that go, if you had thought to yourself like, hmm, I want to go to Wadapalooza this year and you know what? I know there's going to be a swim event. I'm going to text my friend right now and say, like, do you want to swim today, uh, tomorrow at the Y? Like, do you want to do some laps? Like, just that small actionable step stops you or it curbs you from that crazy train of, like, oh, my God, sharks. Like, you made a plan, an action plan to go swim at the Y. And whether or not you're going to be like looking around the water for jaws while you're in the pool at the Y, that's irrelevant. You made an action plan and that's going to help you to be more actionable. And of course I was looking for jaws in the pool a hundred percent, oh, like a million times. And then the fear moved into, well, what if I just don't get in the water? What if I can't, I flew all the way to Miami and I stand there and I freeze and I can't get in. Like, will someone come push me? Like, will I hate them forever? Will I, like, will I throw up on the thing? It goes into these, like, crazy, crazy things that, like, at the end of the day, it's my proudest moment. If I throw up, will there be people to clean it? Will I get thrown out of the competition (laughs) for throwing up? I mean, but yes, at the end of the day, it is your proudest moment. And, um, the fear, big fear brings big rewards. So just take action steps. Your fear doesn't know your strength. It does not. That's what you are. One of the last tips that I want to give is to take a note of how many times you say say the word later. (laughs) Okay. So I've been doing this with 
like keywords, I call them for a couple weeks. This is actually an incredible mindfulness exercise. Like it's one of my favorites. I take a keyword for the week that I want to notice that I'm saying. So say it's later. This is for the people who um, are working on being more actionable. You, all you're doing is just noticing how many times you say it in your mind or out loud. You don't have to do anything on it. You don't have to act on it. You don't have to, nothing. You don't even have to keep tally marks. I was keeping tally marks, but I'm not anymore. I'm just noticing. It's an exercise in mindfulness. All you're doing is saying, I am bringing attention to the fact that I often say, eh, probably later, maybe later. I'll, I'll be better at this later. All you're doing is just bringing mindfulness to that. That is the first step in change. Every single time, twice on Sunday. If you want to change something, the first thing you need to be is aware of it. Yeah, honest, honestly aware of it. Honestly yes. aware of it. Mm -hmm. And I love when you, there was something you said earlier that you were like, well, I am just aware that I am a person who does this and I don't, I look for the parade and I'm, I'm honest about that with myself and not just not like, well, I don't really look for the parade. Like I do have these, but sometimes once in a while, I like a, I like a parade. You know what I mean? Like that's not really being honest with yourself. That's really taking a hard look at saying like, but I say later a lot. Mentally checking in with an amount of times that you say that, that you say that, that you use these phrases and saying to yourself, like, it's not because, well, I said that later because, and then you go into all the reasons why. No, no, no. Stop there. Pause there. Are you a person who tends to put things off a little bit? A lot of it. All the time. <laughs> you know, like, you gotta be honest. It starts with honesty. It's an, an awareness. And so honesty and awareness are absolutely key fundamental pieces into living your best life. So try it. Try it this week. Take a keyword that you're trying to work on. And if it's actionable behaviors, later is a great one. The last one that we want to talk about is the countdown trick. I have personally not tried this, but I am going to because I saw this in a study and I think that it is very interesting. Okay, so here's how it goes. An idea pops to your head and you start a countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. And then you immediately take an action step. Now, like, okay, the, the reason that the experts say to do this, and you have to actually think the count or actually count it out loud. You can't just be like, mm, five. Like, you actually have to do this. The, the thing is, when the, the, when the idea comes into your head, okay, um, I want to go to Wadapalooza. There's the idea. Now, the immediate thing for your brain, there's like a small window where your brain starts the excuses creation, the counter arguments, the, all the reasons why you can't. It's like a very small window after the idea comes in. So idea pops in and then all of a sudden your brain starts on the track of all the reasons why you can't or the excuses or the counter arguments. If you physically say five, four, three, two, one, you distract your brain from thinking about those things, you close the window and then you immediately get up and say, I'm going to put my bathing suit on, I'm going to the Y to swim. All of a sudden, those things weren't able to grow into like the big, huge things that they were going to be in your mind that were going to be stoppers. So it's a small thing. It's like a little distraction piece for people who tend to go to like the worst case scenario or all the reasons why they can't. It's like, I'm going to think of something else, which is the simple like countdown, 
that's going to prevent me from going to the negative route. And then immediately when the countdown is done, I'm going to get up. And it, it can be a small thing, like we said, like just texting a friend, do you want to go to yoga with me? That's the action step. But it happens after the countdown so that you, you're you distracted enough that you can't talk yourself out of it. <laughs> yeah. I, I Honestly, this one is, <laughs> is important. And I want to remind everyone, if you've already started the train of why you can't do the thing that you want to do and you're like, oh, well, I'm past the countdown. No, no, you're not past it. I have a great example <laughs> because Rachel said she hasn't tried this, but I actually tried it this past weekend. Oh, you for did? those who don't yeah. Uh for those who don't know, I am deathly afraid of heights and water. So <laughs> the combination of the two jump I was like I wanted to jump off of this high into a lake and it was like this um you you like went up on this like large kind of stump. It wasn't like formal diving board or anything. It was just this like high thing. And I climbed, I went to the island saying, I want to jump off this thing. That's the reason why I went there. So I got there, I climbed up and I got to the top and I couldn't jump. And I sat up there for 10 minutes thinking of all the reasons why I couldn't jump. Well, I don't know if there's rocks down below. The water's really cold. What if I don't come back up? This is really high. Is it going to hurt? So I came back down and then I tried to like hype myself up a little bit. and But I literally sat at the top for 10 minutes, not moving. So scared, frozen, paralyzed. I came back down. I gave a countdown and I, I said, <laughs> it's on video, no time like the present. <laughs> I marched myself over there. No time to I marched myself up over there. I got up all the steps, didn't stop at the top at all, just jumped right off. And I was so incredibly proud that I did the thing. And it was, this had no bearing. There was no person that was going to be there. There was like, you didn't jump off the thing. It was just for me. It was, it was the action that I wanted to do and that I couldn't do because I was frozen, but I just gave the countdown and just jumped right off. And I was like, elated. Like I immediately was lifted into, you can do those things that are scary. Even if it's just something small that doesn't mean anything, but it was scary to you. But it means everything. But it means everything, right? It means everything. I think so many people, they, they think of these small tasks in their life and they say, these don't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything that I didn't get up and do that thing today. It doesn't mean anything. But in the grand scheme of things, it means everything. Those Every single thing. Everything. Yeah. And like getting up right then and doing it is going to mean everything to you next time. Maybe when it's a harder thing or maybe when it's something you really, really want, like it will mean everything. Seriously. So I, I love that you use that. It's a distraction. And people don't say like rip them off the Band-Aid for no reason. Like rip off the – that was kind of like – if you can just distract yourself for long enough, you will realize that you are capable of everything that you want. You just have yeah. to distract yourself. Everything that you want in your life, you're capable of it. Like every single thing, whether that is like in your job, in your personal life, like in your relationships, you are capable of everything that you want to come into reality and you're the only person that can do it. And sometimes you just got to give yourself the countdown and say, I'm doing it. Like it might even be applying for a job, you know, like you're like, I don't think that I can do, I don't think that I can apply for this thing yet. And you're just looking at it, right? Like you're just staring at the one that you want to apply. Just give yourself a countdown, put it, go out there and just do it. 
just do it. Take your first step and like see what happens. Like none of the reasons why you can't just do it. So I think that we have got some great ideas here for anybody looking to sort of implement this into their life. And just let's be clear that these are things that I have to practice every single day. And there are huge failures where I'm like, whoa, I did not take action steps. I said later 15 times today, I just didn't have it. Like that's okay. It's the ability to get up the next morning and say like, but today is my day. Like I'm not waiting for Monday. Like and it starts with your first morning tip. That's true. <laughs> that's, why right? we started with, that's why we started with the first one in the morning. <laughs> it really does set your intention for your whole day. And the only day is today. Tomorrow, doesn't matter. Yesterday, doesn't matter. The only day is today. And if you think in terms of that, it really will help you to um, eliminate all of those things that make you freeze and not take action. So be a person of action. Go get everything you want in your life. You deserve it and you can have it. And it's all within your control. Take your power. We love you. We love you. Thank you so much for listening to the Thick Thighs Save Lives podcast. If you'd like to join our movement, head over to the Facebook group and take part in our free weekly workouts for a chance to win some badass gear. Search Fitness Programming by CVG on Facebook. We're in there every day. It's a perfect place to get in touch with us. This podcast is made possible by Constantly Varied Gear, so be sure to check out ConstantlyVariedGear.com. See you next week. Crush your goals.